0: Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 892. The two soldiers exchanged a look. The blonde one nodded. Right then. The blonde soldier put the coin back in his pocket. Here's the truth. We aren't really going to be stopping for the night. He picked up a piece of cheese off the bar and took a bite. And we aren't going to be paying for anything either. Ah, the innkeeper said. I see. And if you've got enough money in your purse to change out two gold royals, the bearded one said eagerly, then we'll have that off you as well. The blonde soldier spread his hands in a calming gesture. Now, this don't need to be any sort of ugly thing. We aren't bad folk. You pass over your purse, and we go on our way. No folk get hurt, and nothing gets wrecked. It's bound to sting a bit, he raised an eyebrow at the innkeeper, but but a little sting beats hell out of getting yourself killed, am I right? The bearded soldier looked over where Chronicler sat near the hearth. This ain't got nothing to do with you either, he said grimly, his beard waggling as he spoke. We don't want anything of yours. You just stay sat where you're at and don't get feisty on us. Chronicler shot a glance to the man behind the bar, but the innkeeper's eyes were fixed on the two soldiers. The blonde one took another bite of cheese while his eyes wandered around the inn. Young man like you is doing pretty well for himself. You'll be doing just as well after we're gone but if you start trouble, we'll feed you your teeth, wreck up the place, and you'll still be out your purse. He dropped the rest of the cheese on the bar and clapped his hands together briskly. He smiled. So, are we all going to be civilized folk? That seems reasonable, Quoth said as he walked out from behind the bar. He moved slowly and carefully the way you would approach a skittish horse. I'm certainly no barbarian, Quoth reached down and removed his purse from his pocket. He held it out in one hand. The blond soldier walked over to him, swaggering just a bit. He took hold of the purse and hefted it appreciatively. He turned to smile at his friend. You see, I told... In a smooth motion, Quoth stepped forward and struck the man hard in the jaw. The soldier staggered and fell to one knee. The purse arced through the air and hit the floorboards with a solid metallic thud. Before the soldier could do more than shake his head, Quoth stepped forward and calmly kicked him in the shoulder. Not a sharp kick of the sort that breaks bones, but a hard kick that sent him sprawling backward. The man landed hard on the floor, rolling to a stop in a messy tangle of arms and legs. The other soldier stepped past his friend, grinning wide under his beard. And that's the page. I'm Jeremy.
1: I'm Janetta.
0: I'm Nick. Together again, baby! That's right! We are. We are... Conjoined, we are aligned. We are. I don't
1: know that I enjoy the word conjoined. We are
2: (laughs) legion, we are melded together. The flesh is
0: one, we are the new flesh. That's right. We have added our biological and technological distinctiveness to ourselves. We are the pager. That's right. The singular pager. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, So I think there was one line that made us all uh, nod appreciatively when Quoth says, I am no barbarian.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs>
0: because, of course, when he's communicating to, not these bandits, because they don't know what the hell he's talking about, but he's certainly communicating to himself, Chronicler, and us, that, like, I've studied with the Adam I'm going to kick your asses. Yeah, it's a great, you know, it's, it's like a
2: ramble one-liner moment, which he's done a few times in the frame narrative. So we are, you know, gritting our teeth. We're
0: also rubbing our hands together in anticipation. Yes, I am looking forward to see Quoth kick the hell out of these guys, which, having never read this book before, is, I assume, what will yeah, happen. Yeah, I'm sure that's what's about to happen next, and I'm very much looking forward to it.
2: Uh, it's interesting to see the different styles of banditry mm-hmm. throughout this whole series. These folk remind me of the bandits in the beginning that were roughing up Chronicler. And if if they, you know, there's an opportunity, I think, to have like a moment of recognition, which there is none. So I don't think these are the same bandits, but they have that same sort of like extremely practical. We're not interested in menacing you. Although the guy who's like stoked that they're fighting.
0: yeah, They're incredibly menacing, but in a very like genteel Way. This reminds me a lot of like crime movies of the 90s. Like Tarantino characters often have this sort of affect. uh, The characters in Heat have this affect where they are like play acting at being like reasonable, professional, civilized people with varying degrees of authenticity. Like, you know, in Heat, when they, within one of the bank robbing scenes, you know, De Niro's spiel is like, we're not taking your money, we're taking the bank's money. Like as long as there, no no one tries to be stupid or be a hero, no one's going to get hurt. We don't want to hurt anybody, you know. We'll do it because we're hardened criminals with guns, but we don't want to because that's bad for business. Yeah, but, and that's the impression that the first guy is getting, But the second guy is like grinning under his beard, is like,
2: "Heck, hot damn! I get to have a fight he's, now. Oh boy, I'm <laughs> killing again. Here he's, we go." He's
1: the um, like the the tank or the heavy. Like, the, he's he's the guy who's there for, for fighting.
0: Yeah, he's, like, there's always one guy in the crime movie who takes it too far and who wants to, like, start, start shit. And there is even that character in Heat, who in, like, the first bank robbery scene, the, or the armored car robbery scene, like, kills some people that he doesn't have to kill. And then, uh, spoilers for the first, like, 20 minutes of Heat, De Niro shoots him because that's super unprofessional and he's just, like, made a lot more trouble for them than would have gone down had they just not killed anybody. Right? Yeah. A bank robbery, an armored car robbery rap is a lot different from a murder rap. And that's like a stock character in crime fiction, I think, of like the guy who you the don't... The guy who
1: went too far. Yeah, the guy who
0: you don't actually want in your crew because he's reckless and unprofessional and yeah. likes doing violence. Yeah, so
2: Rothfuss is not really doing anything new by presenting those characters. What he is doing is giving an opportunity for Quoth to decide to be the one to escalate. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if he had just played the part of the cow uh, innkeeper... This would not have turned into a fight, right? But because of where we are in the story, at the end of this, after everything we've gone through, and we've seen Quoth on the previous pages, like I was fond of saying, feeling himself, uh, he's feeling like he can do it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I am back to my old self. And
0: we, the uh, readers, are, are going, totally
1: ready for that. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially because
0: well, like the last significant thing we saw him do was, you know, beat the crap out of a bunch of bandits, and then also, you know, ancillary to that an unfortunate townie but you know we've just seen him very capably do violence to people who deserve it
1: but you can't always get what you want
0: that's right
2: (laughs) did you just make that up
1: no what
2: it's the rolling stones (laughs) are you sure i've never that was some incredible
1: oh improvisation
2: jordana i'm i'm really
1: (laughs) you and your stupid sarcasm
2: (laughs) it's not sarcasm so much as it is uh
1: Witty banter? Yeah. <laughs> Don't
0: give him that much credit. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: you
0: can see his head swelling as we speak.
1: Okay, uh, I want to talk about what what Quoth Coat, the innkeeper, is called on this page. He starts the page as the innkeeper. At any point on the page, does he get called Coat?
0: No,
2: he gets called Quoth though, after he leaves behind the bar.
1: Mm. So is the is... apron and the bar are the things that make him yeah. the innkeeper.
0: Yeah, And as we pointed out on a previous pages, this whole interlude sequence, he has been nothing but Quoth or the innkeeper. He has never been coat.
1: That's right. Yes. Yeah. Which
0: I think is deeply
2: significant. Uh,
1: we'll see if he becomes coat later. After he gets his butt kicked. Yeah, let's
2: keep it. So he does switch back into the innkeeper. So, I mean, the Jeremy in me wants to say that it's just a convenient way of, of referring to the character... So that you get a bit of variance between just saying, quote, did this, quote, did this, quote, did this. But I do think it's significant because of that. The, the reference always changes based on where he moves. If there's something between him, if there's like the prop of the 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 bar or the apron, he gets referred to as the innkeeper. And then uh, we can talk about it tomorrow, about when he gets called the innkeeper again. I also love the business of the guy eating the cheese. Yeah.
0: Because it's, like, gross and menacing, right? Like, that is, you're right, that's a great bit of, like, business that characterizes that guy as, like, uncivilized and uncouth and menacing. Like, he just, like, takes a bite out of a hunk of cheese. I mean.
1: Okay, so. But he
0: who has never. Yeah. Take a bite out <laughs> of a hunk I'm of cheese. Like, company, right? Like, I do that on my own. When there's no one around to judge me, I'll take a bite out of a nice hunk of brie.
2: But you have to admit, there's like a good bit of visual comedy to like a brick of cheddar with a bite, like a perfect cartoon bite taken out of
0: it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that great anecdote about Marlon Brando. One of his wives tried to put him on a diet, and she like walked, padlocked the fridge shut because he wasn't sticking to the diet. Oh my god! And she came down one day and found the padlock broken and a bite taken out of the wheel of cheese in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, this is not the same as okay. So when I when I was like listening to this page, I didn't really see the cheese guy as being like a he's barbaric because he's just biting the cheese. I didn't really think about it that way until you explained it. Now I do agree with you. Now that you have explained it that way, um, but I used to do this thing called cheese chunking, <laughs> where Je- Jeff coined the term because I would go into the fridge and I would just break a piece of the cheese off and eat it.
0: Even that is like more <laughs> civilized, right? Like breaking it off with your hands and then eating it. That. Is like an elevated, more sophisticated way of eating cheese, but you did just make me think of like a channel for a news segment. It's called cheese <laughs> chunking. It's called <laughs> cheese. To- Are your
2: children cheese
0: chunking? We spoke to a concerned
2: parent. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff mournfully looking at the camera. Yeah. She
0: just she won't stop.
2: I I came down in the morning and my son Marlon had taken a bite out of the wheel of cheese. <laughs> I read this less as, like, barbaric and uncouth and more of an expression of power.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: like For it's, sure. It's more... Look
1: at me. I can eat your cheese. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. It, it's, 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 it? uh, it's I, drink, I drink your milk.
2: I drink I... your milkshake, yes. Which, to be fair, is also an expression of power. I was thinking about that, how that scene in context is, like, frightening and deeply moving and, like, so full of so much weight, and then out of context, it's just, it's just sort of goofy. Very yeah. goofy, yeah. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. Yeah. Listeners, go
0: watch There Will Be Blood. Yeah, I don't even know where you can find it. It's on streaming anywhere. The internet. Somewhere and on the I internet. I think it's... Well, Crave won't help our American listeners. It's it's out there. You can find it. Yeah. And, like, a question that gets raised for me, because I was thinking this while I was reading it, like, if Quoth hadn't decided to escalate, if he had just meekly handed over his purse and, uh, and like, acceded to their demands and not put up a fight... Do you think they would have just taken his stuff and left him alone? I do,
2: partially because, like, I think that was the deal. Like, Bass said, here's going to be an easy mark for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do get the sense that they, like, they have the guy who's excited for it, but he's excited because he probably didn't think he was going to get to scrap.
0: Mm-hmm. He right. thought at best he might get to beat up a helpless tavern keep.
2: Yeah, I still think they wouldn't have, you know, maybe they would have given him one in the gut for good measure, but I don't think they would have, like, wailed on
0: him in the way they did here yeah like that i guess that's sort of what i'm getting at is like how much do we think bast told them and what did bast ask them to do right it seems if we take it that they were just going to take his stuff and leave him alone then bast must have just said here's an easy mark this innkeeper is wealthier than he you might think you'll be able to get some good coin out of him as opposed to this go and beat up this innkeeper for me, right? And rob him while you're at it. Yeah, ultimately it was about, I think they're, you know, it
2: hasn't happened yet, but they steal a bunch of his booze and it seems like that was mostly what they were after. Mm. That's what they talk about in the end of the book, which we'll get to in, uh, let's see, we're at 892 right now. 992 is the second last page. So uh, actually no, the third last page. So just over 100. It's still a fair bit of time. <laughs> it's over I was like, looking at this book, it's like, we're almost done. But it's still over 100 pages till the end. Yeah, that'll yeah. take us
0: into, like, October.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so you got a fair bit of content still coming at you,
0: listeners. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. That's right. We are still chained to this boulder, pushing it up that hill. We um,
1: are <laughs> yeah. Sisyphus. A single <laughs> flesh
2: mass. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, we have merged into one being.
0: Yeah, one kind of blob with three mouths. Yeah, the ideal yeah, podcast host form, really.
2: Yeah, it's a single blob.
0: With, it's
1: uh, you know. short-lived, though. You know, we can only maintain our final form for so long
0: mm-hmm. before we disintegrate into a puddle of goo.
1: Well, I was just going to say before we separate back into three people who record from separate locations, but yeah. So
2: it's sort of a Steven Universe situation.
1: Yes. Yeah. Fusion.
2: Yeah. Of course, fusion is a metaphor for sex. So oh,
1: really? Oh. I'm sorry,
2: Jordana. I'm sorry to have to break it to you. Fusion in the universe is a metaphor for sex. <laughs> that
0: makes a
1: lot of sense, but I definitely <laughs> didn't think about it hard enough. But Yeah, that totally makes sense. Just
0: like in Dragon Ball Z. Yes, I actually don't know about Dragon Ball Z, too. When Goku we and do Vegeta it. do the fusion, they're touching the tips. They're also f- yeah. <laughs> Um, And listeners, you confuse with us. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z is a show that's about edging, isn't it? <laughs> it's Well, the American version is, because there's like ten episodes of Goku trying to summon his spirit bomb.
1: Yeah. What is edging? Never
0: mind. We'll explain edging to <laughs> on such, tomorrow's page.
2: wonders to oh. show you. <laughs> the win! The win. <laughs>